Hello all and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast. Before I introduce my guests, let me just say a little bit about myself and the vision for Behind the Wheel. My name is Mohammed Ali Haji and for those who know me, I used to be a rather large guy, pretty much obese and uh, what I thought at the time was a really dark place for me. Aside from my health woes, I always had a job that I didn't really enjoy doing and I wasn't really living the best of my possible life. Losing weight there for me was a gateway to changing my mindset, which has allowed me to finally be in a place where I get real joy from my job and satisfaction, but I also now realise that anything is actually possible. With that in mind, I absolutely love cars. The drive to make them quicker, more luxurious, smarter and aerodynamic, with increasing amounts of attention paid to workmanship and quality, fascinates me every single day. Here is where I stand. We only have one life. Behind the Wheel seeks to unite those who want to live a life of purpose, passion, meaning and service through our common and shared love for cars that push the boundaries of what is possible with regards to speed, luxury and performance. Through this podcast, you will hear from people who work with and or own some of the most phenomenal cars on the face of this earth to hear from them how they got to where they are and share in our joint fascination for cars that push the boundaries of what is possible every single day. Now, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined today by some amazing guys over at Lexus Leicester, a place I often drive past and find myself glaring at the beautiful Lex LC500. One day, guys, one day, whatever new lineup of cars they've got. Described by no other than Mr. Critic himself, Jeremy Clarkson once described the Lex LFA as the best car he's ever driven. No mean feat coming from the man who once punched a producer after he was told there'd be no hot food available at the end of a long day of filming. Epitomised by luxury, performance and a distinct style, Lexus today is one of the most exciting brands in the car industry. Perhaps most famous for making huge strides in the space of self-charging hybrid technology, allowing you to benefit from both the economic advantages related to electric power, but also the performance from a petrol engine without ever needing to worry about charging the car. Lexus is now a pioneer in the performance and, pu- in the performance and pure speed space. It's Lexus F division, is responsible for the ISF, the RCF, and the GSF, as well as the LFA, a two-seat coupe powered by a 4.8-litre V10 engine that produces a whopping 552 horsepower at a top speed of 200 miles per hour, which has won in multiple racing competitions across the world. I'm actually to be welcomed today with the guys from Lex Leicester. Guys, welcome. Morning. Morning. Do you want to guys just want to say a little bit about who you guys are and uh, what and uh, what you do? Yeah, yeah. My name's uh, Chris. I'm the sales manager at uh, Lexus Leicester. I've uh, been in the industry for about 25 years, so a bit of experience, seen some many changes over the years. Okay, I'm uh, I'm Josh. I'm one of the sales specialists here at Lexus Leicester. Um, I've been here about five years, but overall most trade experience about seven years now. Fantastic. Guys, welcome to the uh, to the podcast. And thank you so much okay. for joining us today. Um, I guess let's, let's get straight into it. Um, what makes, in, in your view, what do you think makes Lexus as a brand different to uh, the other kind of car manufacturers in the, manufacturers in the, in the industry? I think mostly what what's kind of differentiating for for this brand in particular is the uh, especially not only the the craftsmanship that goes into the cars but I mean the reliability you know speaks for itself you know numerous awards Lexus have won for 
um, you know, for things like reliability, but also customer service. Um, they have a really big passion for making sure that they look after customers, but not only that, a um, key goal is uh, retaining those customers and, and having customers for life, you know. Um, so, you know, instead of, you know, rolling over customers and, uh, you know, we try and keep everyone within uh, what we can do and, and make sure that we offer a service, um, you know, the same to every person and make sure they want to come back. And not only that, but they want to tell their friends and family about it. Um, so I think one of our key drivers here is is particularly looking after people and, and making sure, you know, that they, they want to come back to us, um, you know, every uh, number of years and, and buy again. You know, that's uh, the key goal. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a customer first vision. Um, that is, without a doubt, it is all about the customer's experience, uh, the customer's enjoyment of the product that is number one priority. Okay, yeah. okay. fantastic. Um, in, in, in terms of just, just taking a little step back a little bit in terms of COVID-19, how has that affected um, you guys and the uh, car industry as a whole? It, well, there's been some big challenges. Um, you know, one thing I think um, that... You know, as a group for ourselves, but all the manufacturers, you know, we've had to adapt so quickly. Uh, and, it, you know, it's been amazing to watch the, how quickly when you have to adapt, how quickly we actually have adapted. Uh, you know, to, and it wasn't over time. It was almost an instant. And it shows you things in the future, really, potentially how we're going to be, you know, retailing cars in the future. You know, I think um, the changes that have happened over this last year. Um, they probably won't go back to how it was before. Um, you know, customers are now buying without seeing the cars. You know, we're operating to click and collect at the moment. And it shows you really the sort of the way of the world and how it's going. Um, you know, there's always going to be customers that want to come and see cars, etc. But you can still retail cars, you know, virtually. I was going to just say, I mean, in, in terms of going forward, um, do, you think, do you think some of these changes will be here for the long term? And, and if so, you're able to say... What, what sort of consumers will be looking forward to um, in terms of um, changes in the way that uh, showrooms and manufacturers will essentially go about their, their way of working? Are you, is there any yeah, particular changes that you think will be there for the long term? Definitely. I mean, that's not about the manufacturing change, and that's about the generational change. You know, if I, if I look at my dad, for example, you know, he won't use the internet to buy anything. He's still very sceptical. He's about 80, you know, very sceptical of the internet. I look at my 10-year-old son, um, you look at his games consoles, he will never go to a shop to buy a, a game. It's all online purchases. And I just, it's just the way of the world. It's the, it's the next generation. And I think, you know, um, it is just changing in lifestyle. You know, we're all busier people uh, in our jobs, um, in life, with family, you know, priorities. And I think it's just a change in, in the generation from there. And, so, yeah, I think things that have come in over the last 12 months will be here long term. Right. And that, which is why, you know, all the groups probably in the UK and around the world are planning that. You know, yeah. there won't be, it won't be going back to pre-COVID, uh, I suppose. <laughs> Essentially. I, suppose I mean, I, mean I, I guess these are, I mean, I, I guess may, many of the changes have been positive. I mean, the, 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 the move towards more kind of virtual stuff, I guess, is a, is, a, is a welcome step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. You know, we don't know what technology again will be around in the next five, ten years. You know, we'd be able to virtually almost put a car in someone's house, um, you know, so they can physically see a 3D picture. We don't know, do we? There's that much technology that's been, and it's changing so rapidly, not only in the automotive industry, but all industries, um, that, you know, it could change um, how we sell cars in the future. How have, um, how have 
typical kind of Lex buyers, how have they reacted to some of the changes that you've had to put forward? It kind of varies, to be fair. Um, I would say, you know, you know, a lot of people that we've had, um, you know, that have been customers for, you know, we've got some customers being 10, 20 years um, that, that we've kind of retained. Uh, you know, some of them are quite, um, you know, sceptical to, to the new way of looking at it. Um, but however, once they've kind of built that, perception over the years of how good the cars are they they have such a passion into knowing what it's going to be like already that you know they they don't particularly feel the need to actually test drive. They, they know what they're getting with the product um and that's what you know that that reputation that they built over that number of years is kind of paying off now because people know what they're they're buying into um and know what uh you know what's going to be in front of them uh, but also you know a lot of people uh, you know younger generation and things like that have been uh, very open to it. Um, you know, it's not a thing that actually is that unusual. Uh, we were still doing it prior to that as well. So, you know, it's it's just kind of adapting more so to make sure that's what we do every single time. Um, you know, the virtual appointments, the virtual test drives that we're, we're operating, the virtual viewings, it's all just giving people as much clarity as possible, as much peace of mind without physically being able to see it as well. Um, but it's been taken on board by customers very, very well. Um, the first couple of weeks maybe was a little bit, um, you know, not so sure, but especially now, I think now we're into like the third lockdown. I think people are thinking, well, uh, you know, we still need to buy a car. And, um, you know, for us in particular, it's not really, you know, affected, I would say. I not think really, it's no. Gone, uh, better. I, I think that's really down to the number, you know, the, the, the look, you know, customer being treated as number one priority, that the trust is there. And because yeah. the trust is there, the trust that we're going to look after them, um, which is obviously the case. I was going to just say, I mean, it's, um, I mean, obviously, any kind of, from a, from a sales perspective, has it kind of, has it made it harder to to build the relationship with your, with your typical Lexus buyer? Um, has it made it more trickier or is it, has it actually been, has, has it worked in your favour to build a better relationship with the people that, you, that you're trying to obviously, uh, to, 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 to keep on board? No, not really. I mean, to be fair, if you look at it, so I mean, realistically, telephone sales has been, you know, in within the the sales role within the automotive industry has been around for many, many years. So we've, you know, we've been selling cars over the phone, effectively. Um, what we don't, what we now don't have is a um, a physical visit. So what we are, you know, we're doing things like um, appointment test drive, what's sorry, appointment um, consultation via a live video link, just kind of like what we're doing now, you know, and you know, customers yeah. like that. Um, you know, that we can literally do the same thing with the customer, but via, a, a, you know, a, a laptop, a phone, a PC where they can see, we can show them around the car. We're even test driving cars on behalf of the customer to show oh, look wow. how the car Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, we literally will do what the customer would usually do when they come in. We're doing that for them so they can make an informed decision. Um, and they'll have, you know, have a, a better understanding of the vehicle that they want to buy. When it comes to pre-owned cars, they're all very bespoke. You know, they're all they all have their own virtues, etc. So we can we can show all of that, um, and that's what's really getting the customer buying. That you know, we're we're going to all the lengths possible to try and make it the same as if they were here. But actually, it's saving them time physically coming in. So a lot of customers are liking it, and, and obviously in the comfort of their own living room or their yeah, kitchen, whatever yeah. it is. 
Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, it's with anything, you know, you, you, the comfort to be more. If a, a customer is more relaxed, they are they enjoy the process more. So you're right. If they're in the, their own living room having a video consultation, they're far more relaxed than when they're actually on site. Some of the times, you know, it's no different to when we go shopping to buy something. You're still out of your own comfort zone. Um, you know, whereas we find it a lot easier to just click online to buy any item nowadays, don't we? Because it's we're in control fully. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think most people sort of, you know, before they even speak to someone, they already kind of know much about the car, much about the brand before they've even kind of, you know, hit the phone or, or, or arrange an appointment. So I guess that must be quite, it, it's just the way the world is nowadays. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of, uh, different kind of way of working, yeah. I guess. Um, Definitely. Yeah. In, you, you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the, the fact that loyalty is so, so important. And I, I think in our kind of typical society, rightly or wrongly, we, we, we crudely say, there's a BMW driver, there's a Lexus driver, there's a Merc driver. Um, describe a typical Lexus, uh, a, a Lexus buyer, if you're, if you're able to. I don't think there is uh, a, a typical Lexus buyer, if I'm totally honest. There's quite a, a perception of it, maybe a few years back, of, of what a typical Lexus buyer was. However, I don't think, uh, you know, from my experience, you know, I've seen a few changes over the last five years I've been here. Um, and you've gradually seen a, a whole mixture, and Lexus have, have shown that in the cars that they are aiming to please every market. Um, you know, they they have uh, you know brought some exciting models out, like you say, things like the LC five hundred and things. You know, absolutely stunning car, but to appeal to all these markets. Um, so I don't think there's a particular uh, Lexus customer anymore. Um, I think there was a quite there was a, there was a perception of one, but um, I don't believe that's the case anymore. I think it does appeal to everyone. However, that said, it is definitely, you know, appealing to um, those that have a greener view, I suppose, because, you know, you know yeah. the whole range is hybrid. So, yeah. um, people, you know, customers or people that feel that they want to do something for the world uh, in the longer, t- longer term, um, you know, that's definitely a, probably at the forefront of the, one of their purchasing decisions, whether that's a typical person. But I think that's just um, people's views on the world, you know. Yeah, I think there's there's obviously a move towards a greener, you know, more sustainable kind of you know uh, forms of of uh, of of, uh, of of vehicle motoring, uh, and I and I do want to go into this uh, very very briefly because I think it's quite pertinent. Obviously, there's a real move towards fully fully electric cars. Um, where do you? What's your what's your views on that kind of move towards that kind of space? Yeah, I look, you know, electric is definitely um, going to be happening uh, on a a far bigger scale than it is now. There's a lot of things that need to be ramped up within um, within society, you know, when it comes to charging points. Is it long-term? You know, we've got, we just brought our first electric car, the, uh, the UX electric, absolutely beautiful car, drives fantastic, you know. But there's, there's other things, you know, this is potentially, is it long-term, is it short-term? There's so many other technologies that will come around in the next, again, 5, 10, 20 years, is solar power going to be something of the future? Is hydrogen going to be something of the future? You know, the, all the manufacturers, you know, Toyota Lexus will be at the forefront of that, as they have been for the last 20-plus years. Um, and I think it's quite exciting. You know, I, you know, I have this conversation with my son many a time, uh, you know, because I'm into my cars myself. Um, and, you know, the, how cars will be when he's probably my dad's age will be totally different, you know. You know, it, will the layout of the car be the same? You know, the, you know how the, will, will the um, 
proportion of the car be the same? So we can't really say what's, is it all going to go electric for long term? Yeah, it's going to go electric. Is it long term? I personally wouldn't think so. I think there's going to be other things that come out. Might be electric, but then uh, solar power, that's definitely going to be something there for the future. Um, and, you know, it, it, what it needs to be event- effectively is it needs to be sustainable. So it doesn't have an impact on the environment when the car- vehicles are built, but it also wants to have a minimal impact on the environment when uh, they're driven. That's really interesting. Really interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Lexus, I think, I think were the first, if not one of the first to release this sort of hybrid technology, which is, I think it's, I think it's changed the game in terms of people kind of moving towards the more kind of sustainable way of driving. I guess the fact of the matter is that pe- pe- people don't want to be spending two, three hours charging their vehicle. Whereas if you've got a self-charging one, it kind of, you, you, you've got the benefits of both, I guess. Yeah. You know, and will it be a case that cars can self-charge as they're driven, you know? That that's you know that will be a game changer that you never actually ha- ever have to pull over to charge a vehicle. That will be a complete game changer. You could drive from here to Monaco without having to stop potentially um, for the car reason, not maybe for human reasons. Um, but you know that's you know that that could be a game changer. It's it's uh, it's I think there's so many things to to sort of look forward to in oh, yeah. in, in, in in terms of the future. Where do you see the industry in terms of challenges? I mean, what, what are the main sort of challenges right now and what do you think are the challenges going forward? Uh, well, I'd say the challenges realistically are um, adapting at, for the manufacturer, I suppose, I suppose it's adapting at the, the pace of change. Um, you know, cars are, they take a long time to develop um, and changes can come in. I mean, look at legislation that, you know, electric cars for 2030, that's forcing change, but it's potentially, you know, the vehicles of 2030 are already in design now. I know these are being planned now. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to predict legislation, uh, things like that in the future, I suppose. And that's probably one of the challenges, working to um, legislation that could come in in between the next development. I guess also, I mean, is it? I mean, do you, is it? Is it a challenge also to try to obviously always be at the forefront of of technology? I guess. I mean, there's you know things are always moving at, at, at such a fast pace. It must be. Uh, it must be quite a challenge. To always kind of always be at the forefront. I guess, which I guess you've done so far. But is it? Is it? Is I guess there's there's always that drive to kind of always be the first to release new things. Um, to be fair, I've not particularly thought that actually um, Lexus have tried to be first to do everything what they try and do is make sure things are right before they release it which is why it plays a massive factor in the reliability of the cars um, they won't just kind of rush to to bring something out because you know that's the the instant demand or, or that's what they've been told to do what they will do is actually take the time to develop it and make sure that it it hits the market and it's going to be fit for purpose you know um, you know they weren't the, the first uh, to, to bring a, a full electric car into mass production. However, now we have, um, you know, it, it is a fantastic car and it, and it drives superbly. Um, you know, they, they did start the, the Toyota did start the, the hybrid with the, with the Prius, of course, and then eventually it, it got brought into Lexus, but they'll make sure things are done correctly. Um, to, to make sure that, you know, customer satisfaction is such a, a massive factor for the brand, um, that they'll make sure that the cars are right before they, before they hit production. I don't think it will be necessarily a case of get something out right now because, uh, you know, that's what we're being told to do. It, it is literally right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's take this on board and let's develop something that's going to be, 
you know, they, they try and future-proof, if I'm totally honest. I mean, hybrid is, in 2005, was miles ahead of its time, you know. Um, people, you know, were, were told to buy diesel, weren't they? You know, they, it, that was the thing to do. Um, yeah. And obviously, they, they never really took that on board. I mean, bar, you know, a couple of models that we did, uh, which, to be fair, didn't have, you know, massive focus or success on the brand. They literally just went straight into hybrid. No matter how many, you know, uh, you know, all the other brands were doing diesel, they never kind of swayed that way to be that dominant in that division. So, which obviously is paying dividends now, of course, um, because that's the, the way forward. So they try and make things ahead of its time, but also to make it, you know, a, a right first time, definitely. Yeah, and that, that kind of sort of shows how forward thinking they are. That sort of, you know, talking sort of seventeen. 15, 17 years ago that this was all... Then you've got the design of the Prius back then for Toyota. That would have been five, six years earlier. They were so far in front of how the other manufacturers were thinking in terms of um, the economy, you know, and um, look, make, being greener. It was so far in front that, you know, everyone's now just starting to try and get on, on board. But with, you know, and I'm sure things that will come out in the next four or five years from the manufacturer, from Lexus and Toyota, that it'll be... You know, futuristic again, and forward thinking because uh, they will be thinking twenty years in front. It's it's it's, it's funny because I, uh, for those who don't know, I actually did my work experience at Lex Leicester a number of years ago, and um, I had the pleasure of being driven in the Lexus LS six hundred H back in back in this lap, what a good ten twelve years ago, and I remember being shown the self parking feature. And I, I, I don't think any any car at that time had that feature, but it was just absolutely phenomenal just to watch the steering wheel turn by itself and get into a parking <laughs> slot. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if um, what would be useful is um, I always try to kind of also try and get a story of the people that actually work in these exciting kind of industries. You know, for those who are perhaps not really enjoying their job and want to try and move towards the uh, sort of car space or move into a space where they, they feel a lot more passionate about. Do you guys mind just talking a little bit about you guys and, and, and how you got to where you are? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, um, I'd say I've been in the, um, the industry in the sales side of um, a retailer with car sales for, say, almost 25 years. So and there's been massive changes within the role. And I mean, how I kind of got into it, I was in a sales role, but nothing to do with cars effectively. Um, wasn't really enjoying it. I did enjoy cars, and I kind of fell into it. A friend of mine was selling cars at the time. He said, "You know, you should do this." And I, you know, I, I kind of pied it off for a couple of years. But then I thought, you know what? This is. I will. I think I will enjoy it because I do like cars. And I, I got my very first sales job back then. A lot of the companies were family-owned. Um, they're now quite often big PLCs because obviously you need the investment to be able to, to have the sites that we have now around the UK. Uh, but it was very much a family-orientated business. You know, uh, the internet wasn't was just in its infancy, so we didn't even have a website um, at the at the, uh, the independent site that I worked at, and um, everything was paper. You know, I didn't even have a computer or a laptop. Um, so I, you know, I started selling cars. I sold cars there for you know four or five years. Um, I then left uh, a family business and went to. A privately owned but big car supermarket, which they were at the front of uh, forefront of technology uh, throughout the UK. Then you know they were already selling cars over the phone. Uh, not a small, you know, there's a large amount of cars that were selling. They're a big company now, um, and you know I sold cars there for for 
two or three years. And then I progressed into uh, what's called a business manager. So that is one that looks after um, the sale after a sales exec. So it looks after the finance side, you know, handling all of that, the regulatory side of the, you know, the sale. Um, I did that for many years. Um, I moved to, to two or three other brands, effectively, all within the same company I work for now, but other brands. Um, one of them being Toyota. Um, and then I've stepped, well, stepped up to be a sales manager. Um, so I've worked all the way through, and you tend to find that, you know, that you work your way up effectively. So it's not a case you're generally coming as a sales manager because you kind of need to know the industry. Uh, it's very rare that someone goes straight in as a sales manager or straight in as a business manager. You kind of need to understand the, um, the, how, how the business works really. And, you know, to be able to do all the roles because, you know, I quite often step down to my old role as a business manager. And if need be, I'll step down to being a sales executive. You know, that we, we help each other out. You know, we're small teams here and it is all about, being able to cover each other's roles, you know, and, and likewise, I quite often get my guys to sometimes step up a role, sometimes to help out, uh, and it's all in their development. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a great career. It's given me some fantastic years, uh, and, you know, I really enjoy it. Fantastic. And yourself, Chris? Sorry. That was Chris. <laughs> Sorry, <Tom. laughs> right. uh, so for me, I, well, uh, I was kind of brought up around uh, the trade almost, um, so uh, my my dad was actually the after sales manager here for a good 10 years uh, whilst I was growing up. So, um, you know, he'd always bring the cars home and things like that. So, um, you know, I was doing, I was finishing off my A-levels and an opportunity came up within um, within somewhere locally, uh, which was a, a similar to kind of Christmas like a car supermarket. So a mixture of brands and things like that. But I was predominantly more um, kind of workshop and parts based to start with, actually. Um, and that was kind of an apprenticeship I did for, uh, for a year. Um, uh, the opportunity came up to come here at, uh, to, to Lexus. Obviously, I knew already a lot about the cars. I, I kind of uh, had already experienced the cars. I, I knew exactly what they what they were about almost. So um, I came over here to as a actually a photographer um, and also something called a progress chaser. So I'd actually do all the adverts and things for the cars on the internet. I'd write all the adverts up uh, from a, from the point of a car coming in, let's say from a part exchange from a customer or something. I would follow that through all the way to having it ready, priced up on the forecourt, um, you know, to help doing the videos and things from there. Um, but then throughout that time, I kind of, um, I was surrounded by the sales team. I was kind of working closely with them. Um, so, uh, you know, from time to time, I would, where needed, I would help out and, and, and get involved with customers and, you know, do some test drives and things like that and obviously build my product knowledge um, and actually found that, you know, I actually really enjoy, you know, speaking to new people and, um, you know, speaking about something, you know, that I'm enthusiastic about, which was obviously the brand. So, um, you know, that was the ideal uh, jump for me to, to go into that. Um, and I've been doing that for about four years now. So, um, but yeah, really, really enjoy it. Um, and, and love seeing the uh, the transition of the brand um, over those years as well. Um, and all the exciting developments. It's, it's quite exciting future. It's um, it's 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 fair to say that it's it's quite rare for people to get to a place in their life where they get to do what they love doing and what they're passionate about and do that as a job. And I think often people kind of see the two things as two very separate things. You have your day job and you have your side passion. What would be yeah. your your advice for people who you know who who um who want to get into a place where you know they 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 want to sort of do their they want to try and take a bigger step towards their passions or their interests? What would be your advice to them? 
Um, I would say, you know, don't be uh, don't be afraid to, to to make a jump. You know, um, you know, you could go into something you love, and it might might not be what you expected. It, you know, just be, if you like cars, you might necessarily not necessarily like going into the industry, or you know, vice versa with any industry. But I would always say, you know, you won't know until you experience something. You know, you need to be not afraid to, to take that to take that jump and be open to opportunities um, as they arise. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people you know, get kind of, uh, you know, you do a job for a number of years and, you know, you're good at it. You know, you can do it and get quite comfortable. But although you may not be enjoying it, you know, you can do it, you know, the, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think it's quite important to not be afraid to. To, to take that jump for something that you're potentially passionate about, passionate about, um, you know, definitely just, just you know, just keep an open mind. I would definitely say. Yeah, there's, there's that many roles now. So you know, we're, we're looking at the moment at sales, but there's that many, because I say back when I started, it was family-owned businesses, and you kind of. A family-owned business couldn't have all the resources that we have. So, you know, we've even got our own media team um, that will do, you know, that have will use drones, etc. you know, to do videos of sites, you know. So there's that many different avenues that you can go down. It's not just sales. There's obviously sales, there's after-sales, there's marketing. Um, so you've got media, you've got HR. There's, there's every, every avenue within the business um, that helps support us in the background. What does it take to succeed within uh, within Lexus? Do you think passion, uh, drive? Um, you know, you you, you you need to have the will to uh, want to succeed. Um, but I think that's just the case with every um, career now, isn't it? If you want to have the uh, the drive, then then you will succeed. Um, you know, passion is is definitely a, a key. Uh, if you've got the passion to to want to do the job, then you'll be fine. Um, there's, you know, it really can be a rewarding career. Absolutely. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. You know, if you put the time into something, you know, um, you know, learn about the, the, the job you need to do. Um, you know, for us, it, it, it's adapting all the time. You know, when Lexus bring out a new product, it's important to obviously, you know, when a, when a customer, you know, speaks to you about it, you need to kind of have the, the knowledge and product knowledge to, to kind of be able to, um, it, you know, not only sell the car, you know, it's actually just information. You know, a lot of time, you know, people like some of the advances of the internet, uh, already probably know what they're, what they're after already. So it's about, you know, making sure that you can answer those technical questions. You can, you know, you can go into depth about the cars. Um, you know, because a lot of different manufacturers make a, you know, a great cars, uh, and they're doing this so much choice out there. It's just making sure that, you know, that, you know what your unique selling point is for your brand and you know everything about it. Um, so, you know, taking the time to learn those things is very, very important and giving it everything you have um, will ultimately make you be able to succeed, uh, you know, I'd say. I was going to say, are you, um, is, it, is, it, is it fair to say that most people, before they've even walked through the show, before they've walked into the, the, into the showroom, they're, they're a lot more educated about the competition and everything yeah. like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, the the internet is at the the touch of a touch of a button, isn't it? You know, and uh, like our web, all the websites that have been developed over the years, you've got configurators. You can go online and build your car. You know, it's as easy as that. And and kind of, 
you know, uh, um, there's things like sending your, your build code over to the dealership and they order the car. It can be as easy as that. And there's so much information. You have like, uh, reviews from different, um, from different places, from experts and things like that. That, um, you know, like I say a lot of people already know what kind of thing they want. It's kind of just making sure those little technical questions and, and building that background of the brand and the stories, particularly, um, you know, um, are what's important because people like to know the foundations of what they're buying into. Yeah, how would you um, how would you define um, in, a, in a very kind of short way? How would you define the Lexus brand for you, and how is that sort of translated in some of the real kind of practical cars? If you're able to kind of sort of just elaborate a little bit on that. So the well, sorry. So how how has it kind of changed over time, or, or what they kind of do to into their cars? That the latter, yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, with Lexus, um, there's a there's a phrase. Of course, it's Japanese uh, inspired brand, um, but uh, over there in in Japan, it's very um, you know important. The customer service factor of it is is what it's built on. <laughs> But what they've what they've done over the years is they've you know adapt, brought that into the actual design uh, of the cars. Um, so there's, for example, in the UX, um, you've got the uh, inspired Shashiko uh, stitching in the in the seats. So they kind of try and bring the origins of the brand to show that into the actual design of the car. Um, but not only that, because it's fasc- it's fascinating to know. Um, it, it creates great stories um, for the customers to know what how each bit is inspired. You know, it's easy to say it's got leather seats, you know, or something like that. But actually, you know, to know how they're made. Um, you know, we have uh, there's a place in Japan called Tahara where we make the the man-made leather version that we do, um, and, and ultimately that's why it, it is called that. But there's um, there's a phrase called uh, Omotenashi. Um, that uh, is, is quite a, a big thing and what the kind of brand is built on, which is uh, a version of hospitality, uh, making someone feel like uh, they're in your own home, and which is what we try and do uh, in terms of our customer service. And that's uh, the definition behind that. But they bring that into the to the brand. So, for example, the keyless entry that they brought from very, very early on. It's just all convenience. You know, it's all about making sure that everything is as easy as possible. And it's, um, you know, user friendly. So, for example, like puddle lights that are just underneath the door handles to illuminate the door handles, everything like that. It may seem like second nature, but it's all thought into. So all of that is behind actually, you know, you know, giving the customer peace of mind into, you know, this is a brand that wants to look after me. They're doing all these little things to make sure that everything's as easy as possible. I can get into my car and it'd be as easy as that and, and everything's there really for them. I can uh, I can testify to that personally because I actually had a Lexus IS and I think uh, I think you guys were doing the servicing for it and uh, I was made very at home uh, by but uh, by, by you guys I was sitting in the sort of couch area I think I think the layout of your show has changed uh, since I was last there because of I think I think you had a recent a recent refitting or a recent refurbishment is that yeah right? so it was um, twenty nineteen I believe it was October. Um, which was uh, quite an experience for kind of six weeks. We were working in and out of mobiles just in the, in the car park, which was, uh, uh, you know, a different way of delivering the service. Let's, let's put it that way. 
um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, they've had a complete, I mean, this is every lecture showroom now around the UK is going to look like this now. Um, and that's kind of the brand change and, and what they're trying to bring into, um, you know, into the styling of the cars. It's more modernized inside, um, but they still keep those heritage features in there. You know, we have like the, all the wood inspired, um, in the, in the showroom. We always have like a, um, an orchid growing as well. Uh, if you've ever seen the video on YouTube about the, they were able to grow orchids, which are quite hard to grow in the LS, uh, through the climate control, keeping a, a specific degree, um, of temperature for, a, um, you know, it's a five or six days at a time. So, um, you know, we try and make sure that we still keep those brand pillars shown throughout the, the showroom as well. I wonder where, one of my biggest passions is, is car interiors. I just find that they're often overlooked. Um, I don't think people fully appreciate the importance of not just the outside of the car, but the actual inside of the car where you spend most of your time. Um, could you just, you mentioned, you know, some of the fabric and, 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 and uh, you know, how, how there's careful thought and attention paid to, you know, what materials are used. Could you mind, do you mind just elaborating a little bit more on car interiors, the Japanese kind of culture, how that's kind of embedded in that, and also a little bit about the, about the technology as well? Yeah, so, um, for example, the, the UX is quite a newish model, but a lot of that was uh, inspired uh, through the, the Japanese styling. They brought a lot into that particular car. Um, so not only in the leather seats is the, the shashiko stitching, which heavy gives like a triangular uh, punctured uh, holes throughout the in uh, interior design, but they also have something called um, a washi paper inspired dashboard. Um, so it's a Japanese um, based uh, paper, which is um, biodegradable and things like that. It's um, all to do with the, the environment and things like that, that they also bring in. Um, but the kind of, brand has gone to something called El Finesse, which is the, the main styling uh, pillar that they're basing all the, the latest models on. And that was originally brought in through the NX when that first hit the market. So next time you walk around the Lexus, if you notice, you'll go around and you'll see all around the car, there's little L shapes where from, of course, the, the brand logo all around the car. And they're designed all the way around it quite subtly. And you won't really notice it at first if you're just looking at the, to the side. But if you actually go around it, you'll see everything designed all the way around the car is based on that um, because that's the kind of design even down to the the the, the daytime running really lights underneath the lights are the, that shape uh, the l shaped for, for lexus um but they kind of do all these subtle things you know it's not shouty you know they don't want to put everything in in the customer's face they, they want to make sure that you you notice them and you'll appreciate the the kind of designs that gone has gone uh, you know into it um another points on the UX is that they, they slant the, the windscreen back. It's something called Ngawa. So it's the it's called um, making sure that you bring in the outside in. So it's more visibility. Um, okay. So you, know, you can effectively then uh, basically see more around you um, and have the feeling of being more interaction with outside whilst being in the cabin. And in terms of sort of looking ahead towards the future, what, what can people look forward to from Lexus? Um, I think, well, um, I think you're looking at, of course, the Electrified is going to, the new um, brand um, is Lexus Electrified, which we've just started with the UXE, um, which has just come into the, the country this January. Um, but that will gradually get more into the brand. Um, I think we won't, I don't think necessarily the, the self-charging hybrid element of it will go, but 
the great thing is is that for customers especially is that we've had 15 years of electrified um, powertrains um, you know they've got a great experience within that field I think that will eventually come into more of the models um, I think it'll be um, kind of a, a bit of a trial stage with the UXE um, you know we've had some great feedback from that car already um, and that will be going into the rest of the models I think that will be the next step um, predominantly looking more SUV based at the moment um, so we've got the the UX, um, the RX, NX. Um, we've just recently, not too long ago, had the ES int introduced as well, which is the first time it's come to the UK, which is a very exciting car. Um, Chris actually has the, the pleasure of driving one of those day to day, which is nice. <laughs> um, and uh, of course, we've got the, the LC. The LC convertible will be with us in the next couple of months as well, which again is, is very exciting. I'm sure that's going to look Absolutely yeah. stunning because that's the first time we've done a convertible in in twelve years since the SC four thirty. The LC will be a convertible. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and the, and the the pictures and everything. I mean, the the first one um, should be with us by next month. Oh my god! I actually didn't know that, that the LC was going to be made into a convertible because I, I I love that car. I absolutely think it's phenomenal. It just looks so so amazing. Yeah, that's stunning. Because so um, I know you've got two versions, right? There's the there's the fully petrol version, and then there's the hybrid version, right? That's correct. Yeah. So we do a three point five hybrid, um, and also we do the uh, the five liter V eight. So you know, which sounds fantastic. You know, that really does um, the the sounds that have gone into the exhaust and everything like that. It it's breathtaking when you start it up. Um, it, it's a it's a, it's a lovely car. I do want to go into um, the more kind of performance out of Lexus because I know I know there's been a, a a drive from the brand to move towards more performance kind of driven um, um, areas. I mean, obviously with the LFA uh, being 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 one of them. Um, what's your thoughts on 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 that? And are you able to kind of say, you know, um, what what that means going forward? Are we, are we do you think do you think we're going to look forward to more? kind of performance stuff from from lexus i mean i know i know there's the there's the is it the f division i think um that's uh, yeah. quite 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 big yeah um i mean of course you mentioned earlier on in the um is the the isf gsf rcf we, we've had all of those over the over the years it's now gone to predominantly the, the, the lc we still do the rcf as well um, but I think they'll try and integrate it to every day. So, you know, all of our production cars, um, you know, are inspired by uh, exhilarating performance, um, which, again, is one of the, the brand pillars. Um, for example, like the, the UX, they've, the UXE, uh, they've lowered the center of gravity um, to give it more of a dynamic feel. Um, and it, it drives superbly. Um, you know, it's it's really breathtaking. Um, they put things like active sound control into the car as well, which basically simulates an engine noise, uh, not only to interior but exterior as well, to give you that still exhilarating feel of the of the car. Even though, uh, of course, it will be it will be silent, um, it still gives you that feel. And and they try and think about this in everything, and they do put it into every car. You know, although it doesn't seem that way, that you know, actually, when you get behind the wheel of, of each and every one of our models, they really do, um, you know, drive fantastic. And that performance is is not only but just for the F division, it's for every car. That is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, because I think, I mean, what's your, what's your most kind of popular, your, your, your most popular model at the moment? 
I would say it's a mixture. Um, I, I don't think there's there's one car in particular that we have that um, you know that does better than any other. Um, I think it's just down to uh, customer preference and what they require. I mean, I think you know we don't have uh, a huge um, model range, um, but that's because again, you know, down to quality control and things, we make sure that even though we do a, a, a you know a smaller range, that everything is is built. Um, to the highest quality um, but not only that but actually you know a lot of our, our, our cars are fit for multiple purposes um, you know you've got the RX which you know if you need that little bit of extra boot space for, for a larger family you've got that and you've got the NX which is kind of the mid-size SUV and then, uh, and then you've got the UX um, which has kind of come into um, you know to, to go over the CT200 is that will no longer be in production and that's um, oh, really? no longer yeah, so that's um, no longer in production uh, in the country. The UX is kind of bought in to, to go, um, to, not not just replace it, but also to go above and beyond. Uh, because not only that, it gives you that element of feeling a little bit higher up, but it's also not too big. So the actual dimensions are not too different from the CT, um, but it's it's got that feeling of being a little bit higher up. Plus, it's got that new the new hybrid system in as well. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I think a lot of our cars suit multiple marks but i don't think there's any one in particular that stands out in terms of uh you know i, I think it's just down to customer preference in terms of size because they all drive amazing um and the, like i said they do fit a lot of tick a lot of boxes for a lot of different customers okay one thing is that I'm, I'm quite a big fan of is, is is technology um are you able to kind of say what the uh, i mean if you take a typical not typical if you take a Lex LS or you know a, a more high-end kind of Lexus. What are some of the kind of exciting toys that you uh, that you personally are quite a quite a fan of? Um, I would say um, there's something called um, well, it's actually in predominantly a lot of the cars now. I actually started in the LS, uh, which is something called uh, Nanoe. Um, it's actually um, like hydration molecules that come from the air conditioning to actually moisturise the skin. No we know, um, but of course that's um, you know built into that car originally. But it's actually uh, into even the UX as well now. So it, it's it's brought into quite a lot of the different cars. But um, that's probably one of the the coolest features I think that that, that, that we, uh, we we do. Yeah, because yeah, because you're right. Because I guess I mean often when when you have aircon on, your skin does get. A bit drier. Uh, I yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you, uh, you wouldn't even, you know, think about it. I suppose would you? You know, that you've got the aircon on in the summer, you wouldn't even think of that kind of thing. And that's kind of the, the thing again about the brand is that they think about these things that, are, you know, that that not normally other brands would, you know, and they try to make sure that they are pioneers. So, um, and you know, it, it makes it a pleasure to to work with them. To be fair, that is amazing. Have you got any other? Any any other examples of sort of sort of sort of toys or kind of interesting kind of little things that perhaps the, the the typical buyer wouldn't really be aware of, but it's it's been stitched into the the small kind of details. I mean, you mentioned the the L shaped around the yeah. around the car. Is there any kind of other other small details you'd be willing to kind of just maybe uh, sort of tease people with if you like? Yeah, I mean, there's loads of, of like subtle different things um, that they do all around the cars. I mean, you've got the LC. There's the, um, the 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 actual trim surrounding the window is based off a samurai sword. Um, you know, these little things that that, that they do is it, it, it's just um, it, it is amazing. And you know, until you get 
told about these things, you don't think twice, do you? And then, you know, you think actually, wow, that is, they, they think about all this stuff and they always will go back to their origins and always will make sure that that is integrated into the design, whether, you know, people notice it or not, you know, it is there and, and they do think about these things. Um, even like the, the triple LED lighting system and things like that that's in a lot of the new models now. Um, it gives like a, a two-stage um, auto high beam system. So what that effectively means is when you've got your, like, your full beams on when you're driving at night, they won't just kind of dip when a car's coming the opposing way through sensors. But actually what they'll do is they'll only blank the LEDs out that are blinding the other driver. So they will illuminate all the way around the car um, and just leave a gap where it's dazzling the other driver. So they'll actually can blank individual LEDs out um, to stop that from happening. So, and, and that's all done automatically. You know, again, that's some of the thing with the driver convenience is you, you don't have to do anything really manually um, by pressing the button. So it's, uh, it's uh, things like that that, um, you know, and, and, and the thing is with the safety as well, that the safety, I mean, especially with the ES, um, you know, that was one of the safest cars, both one of the safest cars on the, on the road. And you see the, the NCAP um, rating for that is, was five stars. Um, and if you ever get the chance to watch it, it's quite, you know, amazing, even though you don't want to watch your car being like smashed up and things. But actually, it's very, very safe. And, you know, even down to a pedestrian walking out and it's stopping the car automatically. It's just, you know, it's mind blowing the technology that goes into it. Fantastic. Um, before we wrap things up, um, normally I would ask, you know, where, where can people find you? I think it's clear where people can find you. Um, but on a, what, 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 I would try to, what I would do is just part on um, why for you and, and both for you, Chris and Josh, is um, in, 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 in summary, uh, why do you think Lexus is, is such an exciting brand uh, for, 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 for the car sector um, in a sort of summary way? So. I think it's because they're very forward thinking. Um, you know, they really do sort of look to the future uh, as opposed to now. Um, you know, I'd say they, they'll be planning not just the next five, ten years. They will be planning um, probably 20, 30, 40 years in, in advance, to be fair. Um, and it's it's that forward planning that is, is exciting. You know, that's why they can move with the times, uh, which is what I say going back to the hybrid, which is why it's been around for so long, because they've been, they plan stuff so far in advance of the other manufacturers that makes it exciting. Fantastic. And yourself, Josh? Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely kind of agree with that. The forward thinking um, is definitely, uh, you know, massive for Lexus. They will be planning um, miles ahead of their time, um, as they've done for, for many, many years. Um, so I think it's definitely, um, you know, kind of watch watch this space and, and see what they come up with next, because you, you never know. Uh, I mean, the, when they launched the LC, that was a complete surprise. Um, you know, no one really knew about it. So there's, there's stuff that they can, they can come out with. Um, and you know, uh, you know, like you mentioned back to the Jeremy Clarkson thing, you know, actually, you know, when, um, when they did bring the LFA out, like you say, he did, um, you know, cause before that he wasn't a big fan, uh, until they bought that car. Out. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, they only bought kind of 500 of those out, but it was kind of a statement to say, we can do that if we want to, you know, um, and look, we'll, we can lead the market in that if we want to. Um, so, you know, and, and they did. So um, it's it's always a case of, of, you know, what's the next step for them? And, and, and they will always have something up their sleeve. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, one thing that's what I will say is that they, they, they will always surprise of what is capable and what can be achieved, really. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, I think, I think the LFA is a really good example of that. I mean, um, I think, I think no one saw that coming and I think no one saw the man himself, Clarkson, we, we, we actually say, you know what, fair play, that was a, that, that, that is a good car, which is uh, quite, quite surprising, I think, but it is what it is. Um, guys, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, guys, if you do want to reach out to Lex Lester, you can find them online. Obviously, uh, you guys are on Abbey Lane, I think. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. You can head over there. Um, uh, any questions, feel free to drop, to drop me a line. Guys, uh, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. No, bro. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.